Hello, welcome to Odds on Champions League match day six. My name is Daniel, and we are back to analyze all games from the Wednesday's fixtures together with the dream team, Danif Sekela and Alvaro Romeo. While the leaders from the first four groups on Tuesday were pretty much decided, here we have a lot at stake, especially in Group G, where almost everyone can emerge at the top, and Group H with both Chelsea and Juve having 12 points. Stay with us until the end of the show to hear all betting tips and predictions from our experts as well as their ACA of the day. Please like the video, hit the subscribe button and help us grow the channel so we can keep delivering great content for you. And now, let's get on with the show. Hey guys, how are you? Hello. Well, oh, thank good. you, Daniel. Hello, Daniel. That's the last one. That's the last one of the group stage. It might be sad because we need to say goodbye to some amazing teams. Definitely, yes. We analyzed one of them. Yes, <laughs> we analyzed the Tuesday games, but however, we haven't seen them yet because we record late night on Monday. We are very dedicated to this, guys. So please hit the like and subscribe to our channel so we can keep delivering great content. So let's get on with uh, Group E, Bayern Munich and Barcelona. You just mentioned that Barcelona might be going home. It will be real shame because actually Bayern are uh, absolutely bossing this group with five out of five and uh, incredible 19 to three goal difference, which makes them the highest scoring team in all groups so far. It's clear that the Bavarians are not going anywhere rather than the top of the group. However, uh, Barcelona mm, have only seven points and uh, actually Benfica could overthrow them for the second place. It's a first, uh, actually, tough test for Xavi away to Bayern Munich. It is. Uh, I will start uh, because I believe that uh, if Barcelona gets knocked out from the Champions League right now, it's going to be a massive, uh, a massive, uh, I would say, impactful new in uh, world football because they haven't done uh, such a thing since uh, 2000, 2001. Um, so yeah, that is Barcelona has been very consistent in the Champions League for the last 20 years. But the truth is that for this game, we shouldn't forget that the gulf between Barcelona and Bayern is immense. I am fully aware that Bayern doesn't need to win this game. They don't need to draw it. But at the same time, uh, what kind of reliability can we... What can stop them? Can, yeah, exactly. No, but what kind of reliability as well can we... Can we... Can, kind of, of faith can we have in Barcelona considering the following numbers I'm going to give you. I mean, they've got a goal difference of minus four. In the Champions League, they have been only uh, capable of beating Dynamo Kiev. Um, they keep the style, yes, because they are the fifth in the Champions League in passes attempted and passes completed. That resembles Barcelona, but they are the second worst in shots on target in the Champions League. Only Malmo has fewer shots on target. Then, six clubs in La Liga have scored more goals than Barcelona this season, include, including Rayo Vallecano. Uh, Messi covered so many flows last season. He covered so many mistakes yeah. with his goals. This season, there is no Messi. There is no Anso Fati for this game, who is the next uh, biggest star of Barcelona. Agüero may have to retire because he's got a heart condition. Even Martin Braithwaite, a striker that I don't rate, but he's a striker at the end of the day, he is not ready for the game. So it all relies on uh, Memphis Depay, who is, uh, you know, whose form has been sloppy lately, and uh, Ousmane Dembélé, who is back from an injury. He looks fresh, he looks fast, but then he doesn't complete any of his actions. He's very good, he's very flashy, he's very entertaining, but he doesn't score many. And they are playing against uh, one of the uh, biggest European power forces. So this is going to be a test for Barcelona. 
Aitín da Tasunas Bayern, das Sonzien, da Mins Setback for Barcelona, whichever that means, clear goal chance, a goal, whatever, Barcelona is going to suffer from it. Barcelona will show their frailties as soon as they are exposed at least once. And I believe that Bayern is going to cruise through this game. So I'm going to go for Asian Handicap minus two for Bayern. That pays 410. That is quite uh, adventurous, I know, but I believe that it may happen uh, considering the latest precedents between these two clubs. And um, you could go as also for the both teams to score and choose no, because Barcelona is not scoring many goals this season. That pays 262. I think, mm. Alvaro, you, you've been a bit pessimistic with Barcelona and perhaps a bit too Just optimistic. A, <laughs> a bit too optimistic with Bayern. I know they are such a perfect machine, but it's a machine that sometimes needs a little bit of oil that I think <laughs> Nagelsmann hasn't really made it click. You know, first of all, we have to say one thing. The game is going to be played behind closed door. So if there is anyone that is like going to suffer... Too. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but that was different. <laughs> but so if anyone takes advantage from that, is Barcelona, of course. They play away, we are closed door, I think. Yeah. Bayern Munich have won at the weekend, but they didn't really convince. I think uh, Nagelsmann hasn't really convinced many, many people, despite getting decent results and the win at the weekend against Borussia, it is important. But some German media describe the performance as awful. Well, okay, maybe awful is a bit too much, but was far from uh, perfect. You know, Bayern were helped by the fact that Hummels made a couple of mistakes, decisive. The referee also uh, played the part. I think in the end, Borussia Dortmund deserved the points. So Bayern are not running away with the league this year. They're only four points more than uh, Borussia Dortmund. I think they have to improve. I think in the center of defense, Upamecano is still a bit suspect. He does something good but something really atrocious afterwards. So I'm not sure what's the best pairing of, uh, of centre-back is. Of course, going forward, they are good top scorers, as Daniel said. They haven't mm. got no major injuries, apart from Kimmich for the famous COVID uh, vaccine, whatever. We don't go there. But, you know, Champions League games, they scored two, all the Champions League games of Bayern Munich have been over 2.5. So you can go for the goals market. You can go for the Bavarian to score a couple, maybe both halves. They got the highest expected goals at home. They score in every single home game this season. But I can't see them trashing Barcelona, as you think, but I can see big goals and probably over in this case, but you need to go on the first half market. So over 1.5 goals in the first half, that's, I think it pays quite well, 2-10. Yeah, this will be an interesting game nonetheless, because Lewandowski, he was probably uh, robbed from the Ballon d'Or and uh, there was some memes how he okay, dreams who cares about the Ballon d'Or. Going to trash it's Barcelona. It's only Once Thomas Muller cares. <laughs> you yes. see his post. Yes. He, he wasn't happy with the thing. The funny thing is that he yeah, posted that on LinkedIn, I think. think uh, most he, he, of he, it's about jobs. It's about, it's about your work. <laughs> so uh, we have Benfica and Dynamo Kiev, as mentioned a moment ago. Benfica still can progress to the knockout stage if they manage to scrape the victory at home. And actually, they're a huge favorite here. Odds around 135, 140. In fact, this will be their first successful qualification beyond the group stage since season 2016-2017, if they manage to do it. Meanwhile, Dynamo Kiev are bottom of Group E and they cannot improve on, uh, on that. While Benfica will naturally think they should uh, beat the worst team in the group. They did only manage a draw, 0-0 uh, in the reverse fixture. So... Um, 
maybe yeah um they could actually finish third after he's all. in their hands he's in benfica's hands if they don't qualify they will be kicking themselves because they they need to win this one one nil as long as barca doesn't win in munich which is difficult they go through because of the goal difference and you know they play a team dinamo kiev they've only scored one goal in five games in the champions league it is a game that i think is a team that has disappointed us we were thinking about the young ukrainian new generation Shapa, uh, zabarni shaparenko you know we mentioned time and time again they didn't live up to the expectations obviously it's good experience but at least they should have been a bit more competitive in this one they do well in the league Dinamo Kiev they're top with the Shakhtar they won the last five away games so if you look at the stats you look oh Dinamo Kiev have won 83% of the away games but the most of them are in Ukraine and in Ukrainian cup of course and not in the Champions League of course they don't tend to score many Benfica the weekend awful against uh, Sporting Lisbon Sporting Lisbon is a good team though and I watch them and I do like them uh, as I said I think this could be an ugly game it could be a, a slow scoring game with Benfica maybe nicking a goal and then difficult that they're going to concede and Dinamo Kiev let's not forget they went to Camp Nou zero shots overall against Barcelona that wasn't yeah. scintillating Benfica clean shit maybe 191 good yeah, I like that one. Uh, I think Benfica is a better side than uh, Dinamo Kiev. Uh, I've been a little bit disappointed with Dinamo because I believe that Barcelona was a bit, little bit more doable and they were never able to, you know, to to hang them or to take them from the scruff of the neck. And I think that Barcelona, uh, they beat them too comfortably. And uh, when it comes to Benfica, uh, this is a team that beat Barcelona 3-0. This is a team that in the Portuguese league, uh, they are still in the title contention. Uh, Benfica has really good players and they are missing some goals in the key moments, like Seferovic the other day. I don't understand Seferovic. I don't understand why he's been uh, playing so much international football over the last decade. But anyway, that's another story. Um, for this game, look, I think that Daniel picked a very good uh, outing here. I think that this game is going to be one-sided, but I don't like the odds for Benfica to win. Uh, I think that Benfica is going to win it, but uh, that doesn't pay a lot. But I have no clue if Benfica is going to win heavily, if they will score the winning goal in the last second of the game, if they will win beautifully, if they will uh, uh, win so not uh, nicely, if they will concede. But I do know that they are going to attack. They have to attack because they have to win because they know that at the other side of Europe there is another team, Barcelona, that probably will be losing, but Benfica has to win. So Benfica is going to attack. So that's why I'm going for the Asian Handicap corners. And in this case, I'm taking the minus three as my favorite. That pays 207. Very good pick. Yes, yes. It's great pick because when we have an offensive team, uh, expected to score a lot of goals, but on the other hand, we have a... Uh, team like Dynamo Kiev who's going to defend all the time corners and inevitable so group F we have uh, Man United and Young Boys somehow the Red Devils are on the top of this group and will definitely qualify as the leaders for the next stage for sure Ralph Rangnick uh, we want to build on the encouraging start as interim manager uh, since he kept the first clean sheet at Old Trafford since April uh, over the win with 1-0 over Crystal Palace. Meanwhile, young boys can potentially fight for a spot in the Europa League, though it's highly unlikely because Atalanta needs to lose their hosting to Villarreal, while the visitors will need the three points at Old Trafford. Not an easy job. 
No, it's not an easy job. I think that Manchester United, though, they may have the upper, the upper hand for this game. For sure, they want to impress the new manager. Let's see if Ralph Rangit uh, rotates or not, because Manchester United is pretty much playing for nothing. And, um, of course, at the same time, the new manager wants to test his best players ASAP to see if they are up to mm. the challenges that he's asking them to do. No, like For example, here in the UK, uh, they are constantly talking about Cristiano Ronaldo's uh, pressing capacity and I'm sure that uh, Cristiano Ronaldo if he plays will want to impress the manager but more than that the manager will want to use uh, players like Cristiano Ronaldo like uh, Bruno Fernandes even in games like this just to see uh, what they can offer them uh, what they can offer to him and what they cannot so I know that the, the young boys has been good uh, in the Champions League. Uh, they started a strong pit in Manchester United, then they watered down a little bit, but uh, I think that it was a very decent uh, uh, Champions League uh, performance for him overall, uh, for the, from, from them overall. And I, but I do believe that Manchester United will have the upper hand here, as I said before. Uh, they are qualified um, and something is unquestionable with them. Whoever plays up front, has a certain level of dangerosity. You look at the squad and uh, all the players, even the Rashford, Martial, uh, Greenwood, don't play. Uh, whenever they come onto the pitch, uh, they are more than capable of scoring. Basically, they've got all the profiles that Barcelona is missing now, players who can score goals. So mm. I'm going to go for Manchester United to score in both halves in the same way that they did against Arsenal last Thursday night when Bruno Fernandes scored in the first half and then they scored two more in the second half. Why not? I believe that this can happen. That duplicates your bet. Difficult to predict young boys. A very, very strange team this season. I think, yeah, Manchester United are going to win, by the way. But young boys, yes, they won that game against Man United. Man United, by the way, they were with the man because of the sending off for one Misaka. That's what changed the game as well. But young boys, they only won one game of the last eight. They lost at the weekend. They are fourth in the table, nine points behind Zurich. And also, what is missing this season, it's that they haven't got great goal scorers. No goal scorers in double figures. Siebacu scored nine. And obviously, Jean-Pierre Samet, who last year scored 26, has been injured for the old season. And I think that's also what they're missing up front. A lot of injuries, a lot of absentees for this trip to Old Trafford. Fashnacht Garcia, the goalkeeper, Bambolmos, they're all missing. So they go, Wagner team go there with a quite depleted team. Yes, they can still qualify for the Europa League, but they have to win. It's tough. Mm -hmm. I think uh, Ranić probably will ask uh, his team to do almost a training on the pitch to show them how much they have assimilated of those concepts and this attacking football that he has. You know, as expressed against Crystal Palace, I saw Manchester United playing the ball forward many more times than what they used to do on average against Solskjaer. But uh, I can't see young boys uh, upsetting Man United. I cannot see them scoring, especially with the main man missing and, you know, the few players not really firing up both to score. No, that more than doubles your stake to 20. Yeah, definitely they'll need uh, they'll be looking to improve on clean sheets at Old Trafford, something that probably yeah. uh, the manager has in mind. Moving on to Atalanta and Villarreal, this is a must-win situation for Atalanta in order to overthrow the Spanish team from the second place in the group. Uh, a draw will send them straight to Europa League, uh, while a defeat could actually end 
mid the end the bottom of the group uh, should young boys scrape an away win as we just discussed Villarreal's uh, must avoid defeat to secure Champions League knockout football next year but looking at the recent form I'm not really sure they have enough gas in the tank right now massive game for Atalanta massive test of their mentality they did it really well at Napoli at the weekend 1-3-2 even when they were 2 2-1 down, you could feel that Atalanta could have gone there and win it. They are a team that no matter if they win, draw or lose during the game, they're still playing at the same way, in a good way because they attack and they press high, create chances in a bad way because sometimes they make mistakes and they are overexposed. Just look at the mistake that Emiral did to allow Napoli to score and then he scored the 3-2. So, you know, the two sides of the same coin really, but Atalanta have picked up pace now in Serie A wins in a row uh, for the second time in their history in Serie A score 20 goals in the last seven games almost three uh, per game everyone is fit and the amazing thing that Gasperini has been doing is that he's been getting his team to perform well when he had a few key absentees especially in the wing back position now they're only missing Gosens which by the way I think is one of the best wing back in Europe or at least he was last season and uh, yes they are improving especially in the home form and in big games like against Napoli uh, so far at home they've not been great because they didn't start very well in the league only 40 home percent wins often when they play at home they score often also the other uh, teams score actually at atlanta have always scored at home but often the other team has, has scored 80 percent of the home games uh, both to score uh, i think they deserve to earn more points in this group than what they actually had i think they deserve more against man united but it's about the mentality also of big games closing game downs taking chances uh, they're gonna start strongly so i'm gonna go for a because they need to win. I'm going to go for an Asian handicap of minus 0.25 in the first half, which almost doubles your stake, 195. That means if they draw the first half, you lose half your stake. If they win the first half, you win 195. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I think that Atalanta is a better side than Villarreal at this stage. Uh, Villarreal has uh, collected only one point of the last nine available in La Liga. They lost this weekend to Sevilla, even though you have to see if you can, please. Gerard Moreno's miss because he missed an open goal that I've never seen ever, ever before. I mean, I cannot believe how that happened. It's worse like black magic. Worse than Jota at the weekend against Wolves. Oof. I don't know. Yeah. It's a good Similar. competition. The thing, with Diego, the thing is that Diego Jota left some casualties. Uh, yeah, because I think that Connor Cody is still having... Yeah, yeah. It's still on the floor suffering. Uh, no, Gerard Moreno didn't. Uh, didn't kick anyone's balls. But I can tell you that Villarreal is not looking good, uh, good right now. Uh, and like Atalanta, uh, because Daniel made the point here, uh, I think that Villarreal genuinely thinks that they deserve more. Uh, because against Manchester United at Old Trafford, they were far better than them and they ended up not winning that game. And then, you know, at uh, Estadio de la Cerámica, at El Madrigal, in the Champions League against Manchester United, they were not good enough, simple as that. And I believe that they were not there in, and they didn't have a plan to win the game. And Manchester United won the game as soon as uh, Jerónimo Rulli, the goalkeeper, made a mistake, giving a bad pass to Etienne Capoue. Um, but Atalanta will probably be super sad about not having beaten Jan Boys twice, because Villarreal has yeah. done it, and this must be the, the group deciding uh, factor. The fact that Villarreal got six points against them. So, for this game, I find it quite interesting 
that uh, two teams that actually they are always punching above their weight in terms of budget, in terms of, uh, I would say, population as well. I think that Bergamo is not as big as some other Italian cities, Daniele can no, say this, no, but no. Villarreal is certainly small and Bergamo is not very big either. Uh, these teams are fighting to qualify for the last 16 of the Champions League, so that's pretty good. So I'm yeah. going to go for the following. The outright market is not for me. I believe that Atalanta is better and all that, but maybe the value is not fantastic there, and I still believe that Villarreal can make it because Unai Emery is very good uh, planning for individual games. So Asian Handicap plus one for Villarreal, if they lose by one, you get a stake refund, will be my conservative bet, that pays 166. But the both teams to score in the second half, I like it a lot, I know that this is more speculative and all that, but I can see this scenario happening in which both they have to attack in the second half, that pays 283. That's let's good. hope let's hope you're looking on the right side of the crystal ball here <laughs> because yeah. you said you can see it i hope uh, it materializes in our world uh, and group <laughs> group g is uh, without a doubt the most exciting one uh, with the top spots still up for the grabs currently we have Wolfsburg and lille with uh at last with five points but a victory here is good enough for them to progress to the round of 16. The bad news is uh, that the German side are in, in terrible shape with three back-to-back -back defeats. Uh, meanwhile, Lille only need a draw in order to go through. Uh, they're currently leaders with eight points and unbeaten in the last seven, but have conceded in six of those. So maybe the both teams to score market uh, looks kind of appealing here. Yeah, I will go for it. Uh, I think that Wolfsburg is in a bad run. Um, they don't score many goals. 12 clubs in the Bundesliga have scored more goals than them. And this is not good exactly. Um, this is not good when what you need exactly is uh, goals to win a game. So it doesn't look good. Very uh, look very good for the German side. Lille, however, they are in a decent run. They haven't lost in seven games. They are the best defense in the group, and they have conceded only three goals, which is quite remarkable. And yeah. they are the third in balls recovered. So this is a team that. Uh, you know, tactically speaking, they haven't been mm, a disaster at all. If anything, they have been uh, astute enough, and uh, that's why they are where they are. Um, I think that in this game, uh, a first half draw would be something that I could look at, that pays 225. But there is something else that I like more here, uh, because in this game, there will be no moment when both teams are satisfied with the scoreline. This is third time. This is not going to happen. So as soon as one scores, when the game starts, one of them is not happy with the scoreline. That is Wolfsburg. And as soon as one scores, it will oblige the other team to replicate, to respond, to score too. So that's why for this game, I could see the over 1.5 goals in the second half. I know that these teams are not particularly great scoring, but they will be compelled to score goals. So over 1.5 in the second half, 2-12. Uh, Mm -hmm. I do like it because especially Wolfsburg, if you look at their goal difference, they need to win by many goals. They don't just have to win, they need to score a couple. It's not really them, it's not been them under Van Bommel. It's kind of changed against with the new manager Kofeld, but it's not really a high scoring team. Actually, I wonder whether the effect of Kofeld is already over. They did win a Champions League game after Kofeld was in charge against Salzburg, but they lost four of the last uh, five uh, against Seville, were poor, only one shot on target, lost against Mainz at the weekend, very bad performance. They went 2 nil down very quickly. They were out of the game. It is a team that has struggled a lot this season, that hasn't kept that defensive shape that they had last season. Minus five goal difference in Bundesliga is also one of the worst attack. Uh, whereas Lille, uh, 
I mean, let's not forget the thing after overall, this is a team that is better. I mean, last year was very good, was very competitive. I know they missed uh, Magnan, uh, they missed Botman as well at the center back. So that's why they've been leaking more goals. But, you know, we are talking about the French champions that were really, really competitive last year. And they got a couple of very good players, uh, player, Jonathan David, uh, overall. Uh, Lille not to win, not to lose. I like it, but you could go a little bit better. Lille Asian handicap plus 0.25, which pays 193. So if they draw, you win half your stake. I think this is even better than a double chance. Hmm. It's great, yeah. And uh, meanwhile, uh, Salzburg and Seville are also currently uh, just two, one point uh, from each other. Salzburg uh, adoption side they have seven points but lost back-to-back games while Seville have six points and are currently third in the group uh, they have also not been very convincing themselves uh, winning just one against Wolfsburg in match day five actually both teams uh, know a victory here would put them through the, as a group winner uh, if Wolfsburg beat current leaders Leo so it's a, once again a high um, motivated game here. Oh, yeah. this, this, this could be another goal fest because as Alvaro said before for Wolves as soon as someone scores, the other one needs to yeah. uh, respond. And we are looking at high scoring teams compared to obviously Wolfsburg and Lille. If you look at Salzburg, they got the highest expected goals playing at home in the Champions League in the two games they played, 2.3, even higher than uh, Bayern Munich, uh, plus 12 on the second team in Austria in the table. So they're running away with the title again. The goal difference at home, plus 25. And I think the last two games in the Champions League for Salzburg, they've been disappointing because they had two match balls <clears throat> and they squandered them against Wolfsburg and Lille, especially against Lille, not real uh, threat uh, against garbage. Uh, look, uh, Sevilla need to win, uh, but they play a team, they need to be mindful because they play a team that always scored this season apart from one game in this season. So it's going to be tough for Sevilla, I think, but I can see uh, goals in this one also because Sevilla is in good form as well. Over 2.5 goals, the goals market, you know, classic over 2.5 goals, one night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both teams to score is good as well. Uh, that pays 170, a little bit less, but I can see that happening as well. Uh, despite Sevilla being the best defense in La Liga, all together with Athletic Club Bilbao, but, but of course, Sevilla will have to take some risks. I would like to know the degree of risks that Sevilla is taking because I remember, and probably you don't remember this one, but in 2015, um, Lopetegui's Porto traveled to Stanford Bridge in the match day six of the Champions League, having to win to qualify for the last 16 round in the Champions League. That Chelsea was terrible at the time. Thea Jose Mourinho was sacked uh, not long after that game. And uh, Lopetegui's Porto played with no striker. Uh, it was Brahimi up front on his own as a false line. I hope that Lopetegui doesn't do the same this time because uh, Sevilla really needs to win this game. How did, how did the game end? Just uh, uh, Chelsea won it. Chelsea oh. won it. Yeah. But the thing is that Lopetegui, away from home, He's rather conservative, but this time he has to forget about his principles. You really have to win this game. So, Sevilla to... I mean, the both teams to score is something I do like here. Sevilla to win as well, 240. Because just plainly because I think that Sevilla is a better team than Salzburg, and I'm not being here... 
to Spanish-oriented. I mean, I think that if you put them both in the Europa League, uh, you will believe that Sevilla has more chances of winning the competition than Salzburg. It's simple for, simply for that. And the truth is that Sevilla in this group, they have encountered a number of issues that they will have to address in the summer. For example, uh, I said before that... Uh, Lille, they are the third best team in balls recovered in the Champions League. Well, Salzburg are the fifth. These kind of teams, high, highly energetic, are causing Sevilla trouble. Uh, Salzburg against Sevilla, they missed a couple of penalties in Sanchez-Pilhuan, and they all came after counter-attacks. So, uh, what I'm trying to say with this is that Sevilla is quite slow, but they dominate the games. They are slow, they better not concede counter-attacks, they suffer in the transitions, but at the same time, they are better than Salzburg. They got better players up front, especially the defense is very good, with Diego Carlos and Koundé being sensational throughout the season. So, as I said before, Sevilla to win, 240, I'm going to take it simple here. Okay, and moving on to the last group H, uh, where Chelsea and Juve have the same amount of 12 points at the, at the top. Uh, Zenit, meanwhile, are going to play Europa League uh, for 100%, uh, regardless what happens in this uh, game, because they have better head-to-head uh, -head record over Fort Malmio. Chelsea just need them uh, to match what Juventus does in the other game, despite having the best defense in the group. However, uh, with just one goal conceded, Chelsea have actually lost um, on the weekend with 3-2 against West Ham. Not very people actually expect this one. So maybe they will concede once again here. Who knows? It's tough Russian conditions uh, in Zenit. So, What do you think? Yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's talk clearly. I mean, uh, Zenit, they, they haven't been very impressive in the Champions League, but in the reverse fixture against Chelsea, I think they were pretty good. And they were close to drawing that game against um, Thomas Tuchel's men. Uh, Chelsea only beat them 1-0. Uh, Zenit is uh, already qualified for the next stage of the, of the Europa League. Let's see if they can actually do something in that competition because this group has been uh, too, too, too difficult for them. Uh, they haven't been terrible. The goal difference of Zenit in this Champions League is zero. I think that uh, they just lost the games that they have to lose. And when it comes to Chelsea, well, they did an excellent job against uh, Juventus last time. They beat them. They beat them comfortably. It's true that in the Premier League, they suffered a setback, losing to West Ham United. But this is something that can happen to, to Chelsea. Romelu Lukaku is back. He doesn't look uh, totally fit yet, but he's back. And this is good uh, for them and very important because Romelu Lukaku is going to add many goals for a Chelsea team that doesn't score or doesn't have a a very remarkable scorer right now. Last season, Werner, Havertz, the likes of Pulisic, they scored seven, eight goals, but no more. And I think Romelu Lukaku is the only one in that squad capable of scoring 20 or more. Um, this group is my favorite uh, for the when it comes to the odds, because I believe that Juve and Chelsea are overwhelmingly favorites, and I believe that there are odds in there that can uh, catch our eyes. Uh, one of them, for example, Chelsea to win, 158, easy doesn't give a lot of money. The second one, Asian Handicap minus one for Chelsea. I like this one. 195. Chelsea having to win by two goals. Or the win to nil for the best defense in Europe. For the best defense. The Chelsea defense. That pays 260. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Chelsea, by the way, they didn't deserve to lose against West Ham. It was a fluke goal by Masuaku. Also, you have to consider they lost the first game when Mendy does the first mistake of his entire career with Chelsea. Also, the second goal is half of his mistakes as well. Maybe Chelsea are catching the breath a little bit. They've been relentless. 
and now uh, they are just basically uh, you know resting a little bit it's very difficult it's very intense you know they had a lot of injuries in the previous weeks especially Chilwell Reese James when they were in top form losing those two players has a toll on Chelsea Kovacic as well, Kante, they're going to be without Kante, they're going to be without Havertz for this one, they're going to be without Alonso, maybe even without Jorginho. I'm not, I'm sure they're going to go there and do the job, but I don't think it's going to be brilliant from Chelsea, who only won three of the last six games. Of course, the game against Juventus was a masterclass. The best defence in Europe, I still con- agree with you, is the best defence in Europe, but the last six, they conceded a six goal. It is a tough period for Chelsea, and a tougher period will come for all the English teams that have to play so many games yeah. in this month. But I think, yes, they can finish top. I cannot see them scoring too many goals. It could be an ugly 1-0 win, 2-0 win for Chelsea. So my pick is go for under 2.5 goals that pays 2.12. Okay, and just to end uh, the group stage, Juventus and Maomio, we have Juve as a massive favorite with a tiny odds of 120. Uh, but uh, even the win here would not actually guarantee them the, the first place in the group because, as we said, Chelsea are holding the upper hand in the head-to-head records. The Italian side has won back-to-back league matches and have won six of their last eight at home. So, Maomi are pretty much, um, you know, uh, doomed here and impossible to secure European football for the next year. They have nothing to to play for they have just one point in the last uh, in the five uh, group stage matches so uh, the, the the only question here is what's the correct score <laughs> yes i think the correct score is juventus to win by a couple i mean juve now they're having an, an easy run of fixtures they beat genoa the weekend to nil beat salernitana midweek to nil so four clean sheet in the last six uh there's not that they are playing better or they are cured. I think this is not enough to say Juventus have turned the corner, but at least, you know, the results are getting over. The morale is increasing. I wonder if Max Allegri, uh, now with playing with 4 2 3 1, is uh, being forced to play this system because Chiesa is injured, has found the right balance for Juventus with two holding midfielders, Locatelli and Bitancourt, and then Kuloseski and Dybala playing behind the striker. What uh, Juventus misses a lot is a goal scorer. This team with a proper goal scorer will have more points in the table than what they have in Italy. They miss so many chances. They miss a lot of chances also against Genoa. They haven't probably replaced Ronaldo, of course. Uh, I think they're going to finish second, but I think against Malmo, which is, by the way, this is the last game of the season for Malmo. So, you know, I don't think they're going to be concentrated. This is going to be an Asian handicap for Juve, probably a win to nil. Asian handicap minus two, 194. If they win two nil, never mind. You don't lose your stake. I want to check into the... At the win 2 nil for Juventus, I would like to have a second opinion here by Daniele, because uh, I know that Juventus, they haven't been the best defensive uh, side in the Serie A, but at the same time, I'm checking Malmo's number in the Champions League, and they are so poor, they are the last in attempts in the Champions yeah. League, and they are the last team in shots on target in the Champions League, so they can be really, 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 really poor in the Champions League, they shot on target only five times. Is it actually something realistic to go for a win to nil for Juve because the the result the the value there is pretty decent is 180 absolutely i would go for a win to nil because i think uh... 
Yeah, Malmo not gonna I'm not gonna lay a glove on Juventus. Also, let's not forget Malmo have just celebrated winning the championship one day ago in Sweden. Big seeds in Malmo, they they are the yeah. champions. And you know, this is the last game of the season, so they've already achieved what they had to achieve. They play for nothing. Juventus, yeah, they're gonna make a couple of changes, but yeah, I think I think they're gonna they're gonna put the game to bed very early. I think so. Or otherwise, if you're not very convinced about the win to nil, because you think that if Juventus senses that uh, this is impossible that Chelsea are going to win the, their game in Russia. Maybe they slack off a little bit or they uh, lose a little bit the tension and then Malmo can score a goal. You can also go for the scoring both halves for Juventus. I believe that this may happen because Malmo defensively hasn't been good either. That will pay 172. And then there is another one, the Asian handicap corners for Juventus that they will reveal later in the ACA, but it is very appealing to me as well. A lot of options to bet on here, um, guys. You can pick whichever you like. So uh, it's time for your aka. Actually, Alvaro, you just mentioned your aka. Let's hear what you have prepared. Of course, as I said before, Asian handicap corners minus 3.5 for Juventus. 0.5 for Juventus. The Asian handicap corners minus 3 for Benfica, as I said before. Manchester United to win, simply. And the Asian handicap minus 1 for Chelsea. All that combined pays 11.33. Not bad. Yep. I went for Benfica to win, Atalanta Villarreal both to score, Manchester United Asian Andy Corners minus 1.5, Lille double chance X2 uh, in, in their away games, Juventus to win 2 nil as we said, the total odds 10-14. Brilliantly analyzed as always guys, it's lovely to be in your company once again. Enjoy the Champions League football and I'll see you soon. Ciao, speak soon. Bye bye guys. There you have it now, all games from the Wednesday's Champions League, match day six, analyzed and predicted by Alvaro and Danny. If you enjoyed the show, please like it, subscribe to the channel, hit the bell and make sure to stick around because we'll be back with yet another great show tomorrow. Check out the rest of our YouTube content and follow us on all social media channels, including the podcast. See you soon and stay on the right side of the money.